The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. This podcast is sponsored by QS. For over 25 years, QS has been helping prospective MBA candidates make informed decisions about choosing the right business school. At our upcoming Dallas event, you can meet face-to-face with admission directors from top-ranked U.S. and international business schools, including UT Austin, SMU, Rice, IE, Hult, and many more. Find out more at topmba.com. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Our guest today is John Frankel, founding partner at FF Venture Capital. Hello, John. Welcome to the AI Today podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me on. Great. So let's get started. John, we'd love it if you could introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us a little bit about your current role at FF Venture Capital and what you're currently doing around artificial intelligent investing. Certainly. So despite my English accent, I've lived in the States for most of the last 25 years. Grew up in London, England, graduated from Oxford with a master's in mathematics and philosophy. Worked for Arthur Anson, qualified as a chartered accountant, and then joined Goldman Sachs. I was there for 21 years, doing a variety of roles, helping build various businesses there, and the last 11 years working on the sales and trading floor as an equity research salesperson in New York covering hedge funds. About eight years ago, I took what was something I'd done part-time, which was angel investing in startups, and founded FF Venture Capital with my partner, Alex Katz, in 2008. And so we're now coming into our sort of 10th year of business as a venture capital firm. And we have you know, four raised funds under our belt, about 70 active portfolio companies. We invest across the U.S. in a number of areas. Today, the areas that we're really intrigued by are drones, robotics, cybersecurity, and artificial intelligence. And as a firm, you know, we invest that seed stage, that sort of mid-single-digit valuation. We run with a large team. We get very involved with the companies we invest in, and we look to really help them grow up into being significant companies. And at this stage, with nine years under our belt, there's a fair number of companies you can check out on our website at ffbc.com. Some are household brands, some are enterprise-focused companies, and it's a list we're sort of very proud of. Within the AI space, we think this is a fascinating time right now. AI, as I'm sure you're aware, has been on the cusp of going mainstream for about 50 years. But it really is now. And there are a number of sort of reasons around that, which I'm happy to dig into. But one of the things that I think is worth highlighting is that we have this partnership with NYU with the Tandon School of Engineering there. And that partnership involves a number of factors. One is that we run a mini incubator each year where four or five companies go through. And then that culminates in a conference. We held the second annual conference yesterday. I believe we sold approaching 900 tickets. Most of those people showed up and we just had some phenomenal folks come and talk, you know, from Google and URSA, which is uh, part of NASA, as well as the Vector Institute, TechCrunch, Auric, X.AI, etc., as well as the four companies that went through the second cohort of the program that got an opportunity to meet investors for the first time, Mount Cleverest, Second Mind, Byte.ai, and 
the bow tie. Sounds great. Well, you know, following up on that, we saw you at the NYU Future Lab Summit yesterday. For those of you that were listening, that was October 31st, 2017. That's right, Halloween. And you gave a good introduction to the AI Nexus Lab. So for our listeners who weren't there, maybe you can give a quick two-minute recap of some of the things that you talked about at the recent NYC Future Lab Summit and some highlights from that. More than happy to. I think the first thing to set in frame is really why is AI different? We can talk about why AI is now, but I think a lot of commentators have addressed that. We think AI is different and isn't just a sector. And if you go back 20, 25 years ago, we had this thing called the internet and cloud computing, and it's had a massive impact. And it wasn't just the sector. It was a sort of architectural change in the way things were done. And then 10 years ago, mobile came along. And initially, we talked about companies being mobile startups and mobile first and, you know, all built around solo, mo, social location, mobile. But nowadays, we don't use those terms. It's just embedded in everything. And today, Today, when we look at AI, we don't see AI as a sector. We see it as something that will be embedded in everything that we do and every company in the same way that electricity today is embedded in everything that companies do. And so against that, what I talked about yesterday was New York and our belief and NYU's belief that New York will become and deserves to be one of the leading hubs in the U.S. and in the world around AI. It's driven by a number of factors. One is that we have you know, three technical competing universities bringing a lot of talent at the undergraduate and graduate level into New York. The second thing is that we have within those universities, academics who have one foot in the university and one foot within research labs in major corporations, dumping Yan LeCun, who is at NYU and also leads the AI effort at Facebook. But there are a number of examples. Another element is that New York has just been a startup center for long enough that you've built up a lot of the startup infrastructure. There are a ton of incubators, investors, advisors around in the space. In addition, for quite a number of years now, you've had significant engineering shops set up as part of, you know, otherwise West Coast firms, Google, Facebook, Twitter, others have significant presence in New York. And all of that creates a primordial soup, as it were, during which great companies can be formed. And we've had a number of those, and some have, you know, exited recently, and the infrastructure within New York has just built up incredibly. And then for AI in particular, because you have companies such as retail, financial services, advertising, media, fashion companies, all of which are being disrupted by AI startups and based in New York, there's a lot of domain-specific talent that is sitting right next to this. And that, we think, is you know, just a great place to grow AI companies. And we have a number that are growing very strongly in New York, and there were new ones being founded every day. And, you know, AI Nexus Lab that we have with NYU is part of that and creating more hubs for engineering talent to want to come and work here and more spin-outs from more mature companies where people go and start companies. In fact, Byte AI, which is a one of the startups in our second cohort, which is probably the easiest way to track what you eat, and, you know, these engineers that have put together some amazing image recognition technology stack together, they came out of Clarify, which is an image recognition AI company that also has deep roots in New York. 
Okay, interesting. Yeah, I know that New York has a lot of investment and a lot of VCs and a lot of startup activity going on. So it's a pretty thriving area. And then with that, I know that FF Venture Capital does invest heavily in artificial intelligent companies. So can you tell us what you feel the current state of the AI market is as an investor? And then what are some of the most interesting and exciting companies in AI that you have been involved with? So I'll give you a little framework here that, as I said before, the AI has been on the cusp of mainstream for sort of 50 years. And there have been AI winters along the way, and we're now in the middle of an AI summer. And we do run the risk that there is too much hype in the space and that expectations run ahead. An example of that, I think, is autonomous vehicles, where if you read the press, it feels like in 2021, maybe 2025, you or I could go to our local dealer and buy a level five autonomous vehicle, one that may or may not have a steering wheel, but doesn't need one. And when I speak to leaders in the field, some say maybe, but there's a lot to be invented. And others will say maybe by 2040, you'll have that. Now, what you'll probably see is in constrained environments, ring-fenced environments, on a ride-share basis, you'll start to see autonomous vehicles you know, as early as next year. And then over time, the ring-fencing will get wider. But individuals owning autonomous vehicles is a way off for a number of reasons, including, you know, political, societal, and economic reasons, which I won't go into now, but the hype is very high. Yeah, Um, and we had actually talked about this in another podcast where we said that, you know, laws and regulations need to catch up before I think things can actually be implemented in practice. So you've just shared that as well. And people have to change their behavior. You know, if you're in San Francisco, no one jaywalks. If you're in New York and it's 4.30 on a weekday, the density of people walking on the street and on the sidewalk are about the same. And, you know, I think in New York, if they see autonomous vehicle coming towards them, will just stand in its way <laughs> in an attitudinal response. So I think there's a lot that needs to be worked out. But I use that as an example. When I look at it, the first wave of AI recently we saw were engineering people going after almost research projects that may or may not end up being businesses. And we saw the large tech companies buy these teams in as aquahires and elsewise to build out their very deep, talented pool for their consumer-facing product. And we're seeing the benefit of that today in products you buy from Google and Apple and Amazon and the like. The second wave that we saw were these sort of horizontal ones where they said, we're going to take a problem like image recognition, and we're going to be the place you go for that, or voice recognition or the like. And some of those tech stacks were again bought or developed them within these large technology companies. And because a lot of the people who work there still have a foot within research, there's been a bias for them to open source the solutions and open up the APIs. And so a lot of those horizontal solutions today can be replicated at a fraction of the cost they took to build because a lot of the technology, which was very difficult and unknown then, has become very facile and known. The third wave, which is the wave we're really investing around, are companies that enterprise versus, as opposed to consumer-focused and vertic- going after specific vertical problems using a combination of technology and data to build deep network effects, which allows them to build some barriers to entry around what they're doing. 
and doing it in a way that is relatively capital inefficient. I don't think the lean startup methodology works well as a rule with AI. There's just too much data processing and customer acquisition that needs to be had to build these barriers. But you know, I don't think you need a $40 million check just to get into business either. And so, you know, we're seeing some really interesting companies around the space. And I'll give you two examples, if I may. We invested in a company in downtown San Francisco called Dashbot.ai, and they want to become the analytics layer for conversational interfaces for chatbots. And I think a lot of investors are wary of the chatbot space because the sort of life cycle of a given chatbot seems to be relatively short. And if we're not in the first innings, we're in the pregame and there's a lot of work to be done. We looked at the space and said, any given chatbot may have a short half-life, but the space itself is going to grow exponentially. And we like Dashbot as this analytics play of being this sort of being, if chatbots are a gold rush, then they're selling the, you know, the equipment, the spades and diggers and the like, spades and pickaxes into the space. And the company has grown dramatically. When we invested a year ago, actually not even a year ago, they had grown from processing 40 million messages cumulatively to have processed 200 million messages November 2016. When I last looked, they have processed 13 billion messages. They've become the dominant analytics platform in the space, and they're building up a very, very interesting business. And by being early in the space, they're getting the opportunity to define the language that you need to really understand you know, what makes a good conversation, what doesn't, and allowing companies and others to benchmark their conversational interface versus peer groups. So that's one company. Another company is a company called Bowtie that presented yesterday and was part of the second cohort in program. And Bowtie with small businesses, initially they're starting with bars and hairdressers and the like. And what happens is if you call up a business, maybe someone picks up, maybe they don't. But if you're calling them up to book an appointment, find something out or the like, your chance of calling back again is really low. And a fair percentage of calls, somewhere around about 30% or so, outside of working hours, about 25% of them are during the busiest time during the day. And what Bowtie does, they partner with these businesses and they capture the caller ID, the AI text messages someone saying, sorry, we missed your call. Can I help you? And the person says, I want to book an appointment. They go, this is availability. Or the person says, I want to know the price of this. And they said, and so the AI is able to build an initial conversation with that individual around what they want to do and bring in business that would otherwise have fallen by the wayside. And then what's fascinating is people are subsequently keeping up conversations. So they're booking a second appointment or ordering products through the AI subsequently. And so it becomes a virtual front desk for those small businesses. Fascinating team. They're growing revenue 50% month over month. And it's, it's a great application where AI is actually not replacing anyone's job, but it's supplementing it and bringing incremental revenue into a business and increasing customer satisfaction. Well, great. So, uh, let me just follow up real quick here. So on the question, what is some final advice you might have to enterprises and others that are focused on implementing AI? And then we can use it as sort of our final wrap-up question. I think that enterprises, a lot of them felt that 
when the internet came around 20 years ago, they were late to the game. And with mobile, they were late. But with AI, we've seen incredible engagement from corporate VC and corporates to understand it. And I think they get not only is AI disrupted as a tech stack and as a tool set, but it can be exponentially so. My general sense is corporates do not want to be late to the game around this. And so they're engaging with a lot of AI companies either to put in more efficient tool sets or build it within their tech stack. The other thing they're noticing is that Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and the like are implementing AI at the edges of their businesses and educating consumers to expect an AI-enhanced experience, which puts a competitive pressure on them to do the same. So we're seeing incredible engagement from corporates. I think with an AI startup, they have to think about who owns the data, who owns the learning set, and what they can do to build barriers to entry around their business as they do that. But I do feel, like with Bowtie, there are ways to implement this technology where you end up with a much richer consumer experience that would exist elsewise, because elsewise it was just not economically feasible. AI is not all about you know taking 10 workers and replacing them with one worker and an AI tech stack. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. I think this has been a great podcast, and we definitely want to, to keep following up with you if that's possible. I know that you guys seem to be very much involved in the forefront of what's happening in AI, and so I just want to thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really appreciate you joining us. Not at all. I appreciate it as well. You know, if you want to see companies we've invested in, ffvc.com is a great place to go. And I'm actually fairly active on Twitter. And so, you know, if you want to find me there, I'm under John underscore Frankel and, you know, enjoy these sort of open conversations that can happen on Twitter. Great. And we'll post that in our show notes, listeners, so that you can have that as well. And thank you so much for joining us, John. And listeners, we'll catch you at the next podcast. Thank you so much for for your time and look forward to talking in the future. Thank you. Great. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolytica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group. And make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright 2017 by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.